everyone, I'm Jay. And I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches Betwixt. So today, we're going to be talking about um, solo practice versus coven practice, or group practice. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, but before we start, before we get into it, I actually wanted to tell you some things. Okay. I know. Because I want to, like, get your reaction. Like, very broad reaction. Okay. Okay. So, um... Couple things, and it's related to being a queer person. I actually came out to my mother like two weeks ago. Oh my god, are you serious? I'm very serious. I don't even know what to say. I'm shocked. <laughs> Wait, how did I don't even know? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did it go? It went remarkably well. I just spit everywhere. You're fine, I don't even No, but um, it went remarkably well. It was, like, she was just so, like, so accepting, and just, she was like, I kind of figured, and, yeah. Still haven't talked to my father yet. I mean, that's, that, that's... Yeah. Can I hug you? I think it's a hugging thing? I don't know how to react! I'm so I happy. wanted to get your reaction. I oh wanted that visceral, raw reaction from you. I wanted it. I wanted to record it. I almost feel like I'm not acting the way, like, I almost feel like my reaction isn't what I should be. Like, I feel like I should, but I'm shocked. Like, I'm right. honestly surprised, like, in a good way, obviously. But, like. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously really happy. I just. Just surprised. Because I was, too. Because, basically, there was, like, a, there, there reached a point where I kind of had to because we, she was talking about, like, going to, like my partner's house because she's got a pool in her apartment complex mm-hmm. oh you know we should go there for a pool day hang out and stuff well my partner refers to me by male pronouns and you know my preferred name so I was like um I need to tell my mom yeah before you know what I mean yeah to avoid an awkward conversation so yeah well that's that's great that's great I mean a coming out that ends with happiness it's always a better it's story than, you know, the get out of my house, I never want to see you again. Yeah, exactly. So, there's that. I thought, and I, I thought that would be a nice little That is great. Little thing. That is really great. And then the second thing, oh, is the second thing. Oh, God. I know, hold on to your panties. <laughs> <laughs> so, because of that, I'm basically going to start tea soon. Um, I see my doctor on Thursday for other fucking reasons, but I'm going to talk to her. Well, tomorrow's Thursday. Today's Wednesday. So I see my doctor tomorrow, and uh, my sister actually found this study that Penn Medicine mm-hmm. is doing mm-hmm. for um, uh, trans men looking to start tea soon. Basically, they just do, uh, they want to see if, uh, how hormones affect your cognitive and behavioral things before and after tea. So um, I'm not getting my tea through them, Yeah. but I signed up for a study. I'm part of a medical study. That sounds wow. You just like you just threw yourself all in. You're I know. Like, I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> okay. That so, sounds yeah. really cool. Now, as far as as far as you starting tea, I kind of always felt that once you came out to at least one of your parents, you would start. Right, because my plan for my dad is I'm going to start tea because I know he's going to ask me questions like, where do you get it? How do you take it? What you know? Right. What the hell? Um, so I want to already, like, be on it for, like, a month or so. Yeah. I, I, I always kind of figured that that was the route you would do with tea. Yeah. I always kind of felt like it was coming out to your parents was holding you back anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, that part I'm not as surprised just because I always kind of figured that that's what would follow. Yeah. Which I'm happy. Yeah. Because I've been waiting. And I know I, I kind of. And a lot of people have been waiting. They're yeah, like, we have. to do that. We and have. Like, oh, yeah. I just hope it wasn't like annoying when we did it. No, no. Because I know wasn't. like me and Bridgie, we yeah. used to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was just really just because like you deserve it. You deserve that for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. I wanted to share that. Happy with you and no, all of so excited. That's really going to be great. Yes. Yeah. So, back to the topic. Now that's, I can take the spotlight off me for a minute. Um, so, yeah. Coven and solitary practice. Um, so, mo- I feel like most, most uh, people, when they start off on their path, they start off solo. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely do I hear about anyone just, like, jumping into a coven or a group thing, or, like, they, or, like, sometimes, like, they simultaneously, like, read about it with a friend, and then, like, maybe, I guess, you kind of feel like a coven at that point. Yeah. You know, when you're in your, like, discovery kind of Mm -hmm. phase. Um, but yeah, so, I guess, in the beginning, it's, hello, Mona, um, it's mostly, uh, a solo practice. Oh, I I would definitely agree. I would also say, too, that that's, that's very, um, I realize that there's, cer- there's certain differences, not completely, but, like, I wonder if, like, so I'm trying to get it as, like, in the UK, for instance, uh, like, in traditional Wiccan circles, Alexandrian, Gardnerian, a lot of them, it's almost different. They almost have, they have to start out. It's required. In coven. Yeah. yeah it's almost so, like whatever you do solo doesn't count or matter or yeah or whatever that may be so i mean i think it counts i just think it's kind of like you have to learn through coven or else you're not a witch uh, an authentic yeah yeah which in is interesting traditions. yeah in those traditions um um at least that's and that's our perspective i'm not trying to insult anybody mm-hmm. but um practice if we're wrong but uh yeah, definitely in the United States, it always just tends to be solo. I mean, I was solo forever. For a long and time. And ever and ever. And I mean, I guess... I, I, it's, it's interesting, my perspective on, like, what is a coven. Like, I guess this is the first thing to kind of go into this with, is that when we were with our coven, mm-hmm. uh, we have recently... We have mentioned our coven before. We have recently disbanded just because of scheduling and, and other... Scheduling and commitment, I would say. Scheduling and commitment, um, and, uh, just levels of, levels of, of spiritual practice, levels of, of, uh, knowledge in the craft. Mm -hmm. There's a huge disparity between everyone's, um, comfort levels with the things that we're working with and stuff. So that particular coven, um, we were a coven of... Five. Five. We were a coven of five. That's how math works. Five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were a coven of five, and it was it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it didn't work out. No. It didn't work out. No. But we are, me and you. We are. We are. Our coven. At least starting one. Yeah. Yeah. We are starting a new coven. Mm-hmm. Really, the original Coven idea. Yeah, <laughs> maintaining the original Coven idea. Yeah. So before we get into talking about the Coven or Coven practice or group practice in general, why don't we just talk about our experiences with solo practice? 
um, did you find it, because we both did solo practice for, like we said, like forever. Right. Um, how, did you feel like that was fulfilling? Oh, it is and continues to be. I mean, like, the solo practice allows me to, I don't have to think about the people around me. Whereas when you're in coven, you have to act almost as like one of the body almost. Yeah, you're one cohesive. Yeah. So mind. when I'm by myself, I could just be me and I could do whatever it is that I feel I need to do. You know, like there were times in coven where I would try to do something very ecstatic and it would be like, you know, we would maybe get giggles or yeah. something like that and it would totally break focus and it would, you know, the energy would be broken. Yeah. So when however when I'm when I'm alone, those moments become pitched. Those those moments to other people that might seem silly or giggle-worthy um create an excess amount of energy mm-hmm. uh, in a good way and I can I can, and you know when I, when the ritual finally reaches a crescendo and you feel that blast off to do what it needs to do, yeah. um, that can be incredibly empowering. Um, but I suppose on the on the same you know on the other side of that, working with a coven when it's cohesive and it's working, mm-hmm. there are certain there are definitely uh, there's an energy there that I would argue that it's it's different. It's it's incredibly powerful. It is. Um, it's not more powerful. I would. I mean, that's interesting. More powerful. I. I. I, I guess so. Yeah. I guess. I guess. But then, of course, I also feel very powerful. Yeah, I mean, I just I, feel I, like um, the energy that's raised within a group versus the energy that's raised solo. I feel like they they have the both. They both have the same. Um, level of intensity and power, but but it's not like more people equals more power, more energy, less people. I don't I don't view it that way. I don't like quantify it. Yeah, it's just a different type of energy. It's a di- like yeah, it's a very different. It's type. almost like it's more intense. I think with a group, it can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely can be more intense um, when the group is working. Mm-hmm. It's see, it's so interesting that we're doing this because it's making me think. Because as, as we're talking about it, I'm saying, well, wait, you know, like, I've had some pretty darn intense experiences solo, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think it's also because, like, you know, for me, when we were doing Coven, my, my really intense experiences were admittedly fewer. Yes. So I think that that sort of leads into... So, when I say group practice, there, there's there's two types of group practice, realistic. Well, there's a couple types, but there's there's coven, so, like, an established coven that you have the group of people, or you just have group practice, like, you're, you're just a group of witches, you're not necessarily a coven, you're just doing a group thing together. Right. And then you have others, um, such as, like, that group up in, um, the suburbs. I don't want to use their name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... They've since rebranded, and they're under a different name now. But that group, they were um, an open-to-the-public pagan group. Mm-hmm. So their rituals were intended to be very um, very broad, very generic. But there were some rituals that I attended early on that were incredibly, incredibly intense. Mm-hmm. And it all depended on who was leading that ritual, who wrote the ritual, 
you know, because when you, when you write a ritual, you, you're putting your you're putting a piece of yourself into it for sure. You know, like your mm-hmm. own your own energy. Is well, in the that. act of writing magic is an act of magic. Well, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I guess to explain the intensity, so um, so like me with solo practice, I can raise I can raise power. I can I can harness that energy very easily. It's just myself. Um, but it is a little bit more difficult for me now because I'm not really ever in a private space, mm-hmm. in a private space that is my own. So I'm always, like, I'm trying to, like, there's always this little, like, feeling in the back of my head that's like someone's coming down the stairs or, you know. Um, You're distracted. Yeah, there's a sense of distraction. Um, with the coven, uh... There was a little bit sense of distraction because we are in the heart of, like, a busy city. So, you know, you would hear that, your neighbors. Yeah, it was always... Yeah. I, I I still always think about that. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I also think about how I would prefer, when we finally start our coven, to not do it here. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's always, like... Um, there's certain mundane aspects of your environment that you can't control. Mm-hmm. when it comes to even just just solo practice versus group practice. But one of the most intense experiences actually that I had in a ritual was at um, that that open open to the public pagan group. It was for a, a Yule ritual. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people came to it. There's a, there a lot of people there. And they did this, the, the, the main body of the ritual was this thing that they called the birth, the, the birthing canal or the birth canal. And basically, was is everyone like everyone lined up in like a sort of like in a like a serpentine kind of fashion, and everyone was very close together. So like, it's hard to describe if this is just audio. So like, face me, right? So we're facing each other, and we're across the way, and there was enough space for a person to walk in between, but your hands would would just lightly kind of touch them. Ah, okay. Right. Um, and then it, if you walk through and you didn't want to be touched, you just were told to cross your cross your arms. So no, so no one knew to, like, to touch you. Because some people don't like to be touched. Um, but basically, what it was, so the, we did this we did this chant. So everyone was chanting the entire time. And the lights were down. And there were candles. And like that whole atmosphere. And so you enter the birthing canal. Which fits for the whole Yule motif and mm-hmm. tradition. And you walk through with your eyes closed. So they're guiding you oh, like, okay. along the way. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So they're guiding you along the way and you feel like these light touches and then people like in the moment, you know, they're caught up in the moment and they say these really beautiful things like radiant child, you are beautiful, you are blessed and like stuff like that. And I was, <laughs> and I like, at first I was like, I don't know if this is going to be, like, a load of garbage or not. Like, I don't know if I'm going to, like, really get into this. And I, and once I was in it, once your eyes closed and you hear things like Radiant Child, like, that got me. And by the time I exited the the birth canal, there is definite, there was extremely a sense of being reborn. I, and, yeah. at, and then there were um, two people at the end that sort of, um, represented the god and goddess, and basically, like, they pulled you from the birth canal and were like, welcome to the world, and, like, we love you, 
I was bawling, like, by the... And I don't. Yeah, wow. I was gone. This is the first time I'm hearing this story. Yeah. I was gone. Like, I was doomed. And then, once you exit the birthing canal, then you kind of, like, rejoin it, you know, and then you... Help the other person along. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wow. It was crazy. So, it's, it's really... There's a lot of things that come into group versus solo practice. It all depends on how the ritual is written and what and the people involved. It really and I think most of it depends on the people involved. Because you could write an amazing beautiful ritual. Yeah. But it could not be well received. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that was just one of the most intense magical experiences I've had thus far in my life was that ritual, and I was very surprised because they are a very, like I said, a very generic sort of pagan group that was open yeah. to the public. But it was it was a beautiful ritual. I would love to get a huge group of people together and and do that ritual again. I would uh, love to. It would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Um. So back to um. I guess you want to just touch on like, you want to talk any more about solo practice because I feel like it's kind of straightforward. I mean, I solo like practice. Yeah, solo practice is really straightforward. I mean, it, you know, you get the idea. It's it's me and and. Whatever it is that I'm doing. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. You have complete autonomy. Right. Over what, your right. Brand. Right. Yeah. Right. What you want to do. Um, so but it like, doesn't make it any less valid. I never felt. I never felt like my witchcraft was more valid in a group or a coven setting. No. No. I no. I mean, we in the community we already have such a big problem with like trying to invalidate <laughs> so many people's practice. Um, I, even from when I was, you know, like starting out as a Wiccan or whatever, and then I wasn't initiated, you know, there was no like mystery tradition that I was initiated into. There's no hooded man knocking on your door like, you are blessed now, you are a witch. It wasn't yeah. even, you know, and I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, to be a Wiccan, you have to be initiated, or some people disagree with that. There's, there's, you know, we all view things very differently, but as far as my, the validity of witchcraft, whether it's a coven, whether it's solo, it, it all, you know, it just kind of flows with each other. And just going off of that, I remember seeing this post, I think it was on Instagram, it was something like, you know, whether you've, whether you're on day one of your path or day one million of your path, you are just as valid in the craft. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. once you, once you take that step, I mean, once you, once you get to that point, you say, I am a witch, whether you say, when, whether you've been saying I am a witch for five minutes or for five years, you're still a witch. You, you take, in that moment, it's, it's sort of like an initiation. Yeah. You, you take that plunge. You I take that. completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Completely. So, I guess most of this will kind of be focused on group and coven practice, um, unless we kind of just think of anything else that kind of relates back to solo practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess the, the, the first thing I want to talk about is, um, joining a coven. Have you ever looked for a coven to join? I would think about it and I would think about it, but the problem for me was always like money. There was always money involved. Yeah, like dues of some sort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which I mean, I'm not complaining about. I kind of get it, you know, but money was always tight with me. So that was always kind of impossible. Um, I, I just, and then it would always have, it would always come down to like, I'm perfectly fine on my own. Mm-hmm. You were just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, like, I practiced solo for a while, and then I had found this blog by a local high priestess, and they're literally, I don't know if I should say the name of the coven. I mean, they are online. Pennypack coven? I don't know if they're still a coven. But I noticed that they were local, like, in northeast Philly, like, Pennypack Park is there, and that's sort of, that's, like, what they're, you know, named after. Um, and I started following her blog, and then I started poking around on their website, and then they had, um, Yahoo, it's like an email group, it wasn't quite a message board, it was like a Yahoo email group, oh, like, oh, I know, this is like a throwback, it was like the most convoluted way to, like, have a group, but anyway, so, the, like, the, the Yahoo email group was open to the public, so, you know, you could be a part of that, and I was young still, like, I think I was... 17, I don't, I, maybe I was 18, or maybe approaching 18, mm-hmm. and they were generally a group of older, you know, older witches, um, I would say primarily, uh, Wiccan in their practice, and, you know, I would follow her blog, and I would kind of lurk, and I would sometimes I would post little things, I think I ended up submitting a poem to their little, uh, like, newsletter thing that they, like, zine kind of thing that they came out with. And at that time, I kind of started doing, um, no, so that was then. And then I kind of tabled it for a while. I was like, I don't know, like, they're so much older, and I don't feel like they would accept me because I'm so young. So then a couple years later, I started doing the, I did the Wicca 101 classes at my, and that's how I met, like, my West Philly group of of witch friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll go to this Wicca 101 thing. Like, I know a lot, but why not, you know? Yeah. So I went, and I, you know, I gained a lot of good friends, and I gained a lot of knowledge from it, actually, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I do. So then I had thought about, I'm like, okay, well, I've got, like, some experience now. I'm in my 20s. I'm going to, like, see if anyone knows about the Penny Pack Covet, because I, they kind of, like, fizzled out of my radar. I didn't know where they went. And um, and then one of the, the women who was running the Wicca 101 group, she was like, oh, I saw that you, you know, you put out a coven call, you know, like, are you, are you looking to do that? And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm looking for. Like, I, I want a group. I want a sense of community. I mm-hmm. think that's what I wanted more than anything. Right. Was the community. Not necessarily, like, that strong commitment, the strong commitment to coven at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever, like... Because sometimes I feel like for me, like in my solo practice, that's what I was lacking, was a sense of community. Sense of community. Uh, you know what? I, yes. Um, you do get lonely, you know. Uh, you feel a little lonely. When I was young, I mean, it's funny because I, I, I started meeting a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem was is that my experience meeting other people was not always the best experience. Um when I was when I was first starting out, a lot of the time when I met other young witches, they were always kind of in that phase of like, you know, they would they would almost introduce themselves with like a magical name that was always like Star River Moon. 
It was, but like or, a lot of them were. It's edgier, so you know it was like Dark Lord of Satan, Blade, Blade Moonsong. You know, like like and I was just kind of like, oh, it's nice to meet you. You know, like and, and I'm me, so obviously I was very polite. I mean, to be fair, I would not. I don't even know if you remember what I said my magical name was. I actually forget it. Yeah, okay. I remember. I remember yours. Yeah, but I would not like. I would not introduce myself to a member. I don't. Of I don't believe the, in using it outside of circle. Yeah, I just. Um. Mm-hmm. So, or within your own writings. Yeah. Like if you sign something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. They were, you know, not only that they were also like very like. I remember one interaction was with this uh, very very goth dude. He like had like the like the large goth boots and like the whole nine. Was his name Mike? No. Okay, because I had not that I remember. I met no. him in passing. No, um, I, I remember my friend introduced me. She's like, "Oh, this is my friend Scott. He's a wicked." And the guy like got like all offended. He was like, "Oh, well, I'm pagan, so." Same thing. And I was kind of like... I'll have you know, good sir. (laughs) And interestingly enough is that my friend didn't know that I had kind of... Was moving away from from Wiccan theology at the time. Yeah. Just because at the time I couldn't understand the whole, like... You know I have a hard time with the whole consort, son... The fertility thing. Yeah. The fertility thing. I have a hard time with that. So I was moving away from from Wiccan theology at the time. So, of course, at the time I was also calling myself a... My friend who introduced me didn't know that. Mm. Um... So that was a horrible experience. And then I have other people who are all like, oh, well, my teacher said that he saw you coming into my life and blah, blah, blah. And I was just kind of like... It's like you're trying not to discount <laughs> them. Like, you're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I like, do. Maybe this I actually did. happened, but it's the way they go about it. It's, it the, always, it's the loftiness yeah. of their And it, it becomes confrontational accidentally. Yeah. And so, of course, I would, like, always try to kind of get out of this situation. So... My my interactions with meeting other other uh, young witches when I was starting out was difficult. Was very difficult. It was very different. Also, I realized that a lot of them really didn't want to do the work. They they wanted the title. They wanted all the power that comes with it. The but aesthetic. like all of their stuff came from like half like you you know how like anime for instance has like half true mythology. Like kind of like they'll be inspired. Pop Kind of, sort of. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll use they'll use like the like the half truth, yeah, and like but like they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know about folklore, history. They don't know they don't know it in context, like genuine religious or theological context. Like it was always just a show, mm. and I was like, I don't, I'm not doing this to show, uh, like I'm not, I don't want to contradict myself. Um... <laughs> I'm not doing this for show. I'm doing this for power. And that was my, right. uh, my, my, my interest was much deeper than just being, look at all the cool things I have. Right. So I had an experience with a, I had, I hadn't met many young witches and I think this was still high school era or maybe just beginning college. I'm pretty sure it was high school because I remember talking to this guy through, like, AOL Instant Messenger on, like, the family computer in the dining room. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So this had to be high school era or yeah. maybe even middle school. I don't remember. But it was that era of time where you always had to look over your shoulder, like, what are mom and dad? Okay. You know. Because we're always like, what are you talking about with your friends? Uh-huh. So anyway, so I met this guy through, through Katie, actually. 
think his I'm pretty sure his name was Mike. And he was he was very goth. Like he had like apparently his his parents, you know, had money so he could like have like the cool jackets with the, the all the trip clothes that yeah. cost like fifty something dollars. And like the ridiculous <laughs> and the, oh, I loved his boots, those boots were fucking beautiful. Mike, if you're out there, give me them boots. Ah. Um boots were freaking great. And he had this very goth, like dark, witchy kind of vibe. vibe. Aesthetic. And I I think then I I was very drawn to him then and so I thought that I liked I thought that meant that I liked him. Oh, yeah. Because, you, know, you know, you're drawn to someone, so you're like, oh, I must have a crush on you. That's <laughs> obvious. Uh, it's yeah. like if that's a queer experience. Yeah. Right? I think that's, like, <laughs> that's every queer person's thing. <laughs> I did it. Everyone does it. Yeah. It's and okay. I think what it, now I realize I just wanted to be him mm-hmm. is what it really came down to. Because I was like, I love everything about you, um, and I want that for me, except I don't, like, want it like that. Right. Um. So I remember... And I think he had a tarot deck with him. We were hanging out outside of our a local church. It was yeah. this church. Right? Uh, so it was so edgy to be, like, being a witch and, like, hanging out at night. In outside, front of the church. In front of the church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, cringing internally at myself, like, oh, at me years ago. That's great, though. Uh, but, and of course, I tried my best, you know, all my black and my chains and my, you know, I, I was trying to yeah. impress, of course. Um, you know, I, I wore so many goddamn necklaces, I don't know how I functioned. Just, like, my neck was just like... Uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> so much jewelry. <laughs> Five pentagrams. <laughs> I think I was wearing, like, two different pentagrams. My God. I know. It's bad. I'm glad we didn't know each other. Ah. <laughs> no, I would, we would have been, been tolerating you. We would have been like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> This bitch. Um, so, and then he pulled out like a tarot deck. I'm pretty sure it was a tarot deck, and I was just enthralled. I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" Because yeah. I had like heard of tarot, but I didn't know what it was. And then um, he was like, "He's like, I'm gonna read your your destiny," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I was like, "Tell me more." <laughs> Gag. Yeah, now I'm like, okay. He's like, there's something about, like, I think he liked me, though, because he was like, you're going to meet, like, a, a beautiful or, a, like, a handsome, powerful sorcerer. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Just sitting there, like reading my witchcraft books. <laughs> Over the, mm-hmm. And it was funny because, like, he's like reading tarot, and like the other group of guys are like skateboarding on the church. It was ridiculous. My God, this is straight out of like a horrible The Craft sequel. <laughs> it, like, it's literally a scene from The Craft. <laughs> Only that. So then, yeah. you know, because I didn't have texting at the time. So this is definitely high school. I didn't have texting at the time. So we exchanged phone numbers, but we were all super awkward and never talked on the phone. So we also exchanged screen names. <laughs> oh, God. So I got good. his screen name, and then, like, a couple days later, we were talking, and he was just... He was one of those. I, I started to realize he was mm-hmm. one of those. Because he was like, you know, I gain all my all my knowledge from uh, from dark sources and, like, the dark entities. And I was Which- like... 
And I was very Wiccan at the time. So oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what you thought when you, met, when you heard about me for the first time. Yeah, yeah. What kind of asshole. <laughs> and then... All of a sudden, like, he went quiet for a while, and he was like, oh my god, you'll never believe what just happened, and I was like, what? He was like, I was, like, I was practicing magic, and a light bulb exploded all over my head, and now I'm bleeding, and I'm like, that, that sounds serious, you should probably, like, clean that up. <laughs> hospital. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, not allowed, I'm not allowed out right now. <laughs> I could imagine. My mom this. says my curfew is, you know? I could imagine your... your because I know you, and I know your disposition, so I would love to I have just been a fly. To- I wasn't that different than I, I am now. I wouldn't even. imagine that. I wouldn't imagine that you would be, and yeah. I would love to have heard this yeah. interaction. And like I, I was, it. and like the the pieces were were being put together in my head, and I was like, "This guy's full of shit." And I and I just reached like that point right. with him, right. um, and then I was like, "I don't like him anymore." <laughs> And because I was saying to Katie, I was like, I think I like Mike, you know, like I have a crush on him or something. And she was like, oh, that's cool, whatever. It <laughs> sounds like Katie. <laughs> yeah. Because we were both like, because even she was like, oh, I think I like this guy. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> and she's like, girls are a thing. And I, I was like, same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I imagine you both like. Like struggling. <laughs> well, like Daria. I like him. Like a Do Daria. You? <laughs> Sort of a god version of Darius. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> <with> us. Both <laughs> that's pretty much us. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I remember. I distinctly remember. Right, I I kept a journal Aww. because I was past calling it a diary at that point because mm. I'm super cool. Um, I kept a journal and I was like, yeah, I don't think I like Mike anymore because blah 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 blah. But I, I, even now, I just still think of him. Delicious boots that he was wearing. I want. <laughs> just want the goth boots. I just, I want, just the goth want, boots. want the goth boots. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so that that was sort of like, and that was like the first young witch that I had met. Yeah, and that was hard. And honestly, I don't think that the next practitioner of witchcraft that I met, because like my first girlfriend was kind of into it. Like she called herself Wiccan, but I was way more. I don't want to say actually Wiccan, but I actually read books and, like, bought books and did spells and things. Um, And she was, like, kind of into it. Um, And then really the next witch of my age group that I met was you. Wow. Yeah, I had nobody. And I I hated you at first. Yeah. Well, I side-eyed you. I was like, "Mm, dark (laughs) sorcerer in my ass. I remember meeting you. (laughs) Well, our first meeting was CCB campus, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. No, I think the first time I actually met you was Pagan Pride. Did I think it was. introduced you to us at the college was, campus? I thought it did. I don't think so. No, I only ever went to that campus once and it was for an anime club thing. I don't even like anime. And then someone ended up talking to me for an hour about Assassin's Creed and I was like, I don't know. Okay, bye. <laughs> 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 Gotta go. Oh, man, yeah, that anime club. But anyway, um... I think you were supposed to be there, but you weren't there. That I thought I met you outside, like, at the in the, at the, the, the queue or whatever they call it. The, maybe, the maybe were. like, in passing. 
It might have been in passing. Maybe. They might have been like, oh, this is Scott. And I was like, oh, hey. And then, like, you had to go. Bitch. But dark the, wizard. Dark evil witch. Bitch. <laughs> spit. Spit on you. No. Um, but yeah, the first time I had actually, like, spent time with you and, like, actually hung out with you, I believe was the second Pagan Pride event. Because oh, I never wow. went to the first one. It, you know, it's so funny. Our friendship is so organic. It's almost like it just... It's yeah. almost like I've known you. I know, like for forever. forever. Like we grew up together. Yeah, like it's didn't. it's really weird. Yeah. Um, it you know, I guess it's it's funny how my sense of community through all these horrible experiences. It's funny because I thought of these very so uh, awkward social encounters with young witches. I thought that was horrible, and it's funny because it it, it got. Much darker, much deeper. It's worse with the older witches, I think. Well, when I met my friend David, we talked about the yeah. series of mm. interesting events um, that are a little too personal. But um, yeah, things got real. Like mm. you know, it. My time with uh, a, an old acquaintance. Um, he definitely won't watch this, so his name is David. Um, Hi, David. Uh, magic became very real to me. Not just, like, self-help, like, not just, like, not just, you know, oh, it's all power of the mind. It, like, opened up to me the fact that there is a world of spirits and that we are not alone. Like, the entire cosmos smacked you in the face. And, yeah, like, we, like, magic is magical. It is not just psychological. Like, there is magic. There are power centers in the earth. There are, like, you know, and I might sound like a complete nutter. That is fine, but that oh, experience, man. that experience changed me, mm-hmm. in the end, changed me for the better. Yeah, because you gained a whole new respect. Because it's like you were saying to me, you were you were in a phase where you were like, prove it to me. Prove yeah. it to me that it's real. Mm-hmm. And you certainly got your proof. Yeah. 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 I, I wanted to know so bad that magic was real. And magic was like, if you're that sure, the powers that be were like, okay, here is your proof. Mm. And I was like, I'll never question you again. <laughs> Learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I, that was, that was kind of cool. Like, um, just talking about, like, the progression, because the, the progression from solo practice, because we both started young, really starts with meeting those young witches. And then... I feel like you kind of, especially like for us, we were a little bit more, I don't know. Mature. Mature. Yeah. Mature. And we kind of saw through like some of the smoke and mirrors kind of bullshit. And then, Mm -hmm. which kind of led, you know, to me in my 20s to really looking for that sense of community. Yeah. Eventually that does start to pick up And meeting you really, really helped that. Because I was like, okay. Like once I got past, I'm like, okay, you're not just like some asshole who just like throws curses at people and stuff like that yeah. it's just that you weren't afraid to use those magics for those purposes like yeah. you weren't afraid to do that and I was moving away from the whole Wiccan thing at the time so it was I feel like meeting you was very pivotal in the development of my own spiritual practice mm-hmm. and here we are today Yeah. so yeah. And then I remember talking to you, I don't know if it was, I think it was the following year at Pagan Pride, because then, you know, we, like, talked more and stuff throughout the year, and we mentioned creating a coven. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that we want a coven. 
And we kept mentioning it, I remember. That. We kept mentioning it. We kept, like, flirting with the idea. And, you know, then we kind of just came together and we said, because, you know, we had a strong group. You know, you had you were with Darian, I was with Bridget, and then there was, you know, there was Rick, and we were all, like, there. We were all, you know, practicing kind magic. Of ready, and doing yeah. witchcraft. And so we proposed it to them. And we, you know, we created this coven. Now, not all covens succeed. No. Many of them don't. that is important to just kind of preface this thing. And also to preface it, there's no, there's no shade being thrown, really, at any of our former coven members. We're also friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're also friends. We're trying to plan a D&D session. Yeah, like, like, we're still friends. We're good. <laughs> um... But it's just the us us existing as friends works way better than us existing as a coven and also friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we created this coven and we wanted it to be very democratic. We wanted everyone to have an equal voice and everything like that. And then it turned into a lot of um, stagnant sort of discussions. Yeah, you know. So then me and you up the reins. Yeah, we, we um, basically kind of involuntarily or whatever uh, became de facto leaders mm-hmm. um, of the group, um, mostly because I think that a lot of, uh, when it came to Bridget, Rick, and Darian, they weren't as experienced, so they wanted to give everything to us to teach them. Which was fine. Right. I didn't mind it. Um, I, I would have wished it was stated. I would have wished someone would have said that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it is okay. Uh, however, I also would say that maybe personalities and, and what we were willing to do and not willing to do started maybe becoming, and, and, and the, 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 the vision for what the coven that we wanted. Yeah. I think that me and you had an entirely different vision for this coven. We wanted very, um, traditional witchcraft, very sort of ceremonial in folk a way. magic. You know, we wanted, like, you know, black robes and bubbling cauldrons, like... We want, like, oh, man, like, <laughs> I used to, I used to have a lot And not of, even like, just from an aesthetic, like, we're super cool purpose, but it was, it... It was the, the connection yeah. to the earth, like, I used to always think about how cool it would be to, like, if the coven had, like, our sacred space set up by, like, a river, and we were making, like, a healing poppet, or even a cursing poppet, and, like, we were getting, like, the clay from... You know, and like Play actually here. shaping the clay ourselves and chanting over and over as we're shaping it and adding herbs and oils and shaping the clay. And like, you know, and, and I, yeah, I... Let's go right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when you're saying that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. And I think though that that, the, these kind of, that, that very primal, that very, you know, earth-centric, get your hands dirty. It's not Yeah. Instead of like the very clean, you know, like... um you know, Western ceremonial, you know, where, like, you should be clean and bathed and whatever. I'm more like, no, I want to, like, mud on my face. Well, yeah, because we were doing that. Remember, it was um, the hibiscus tea. Yeah. Like, that wasn't part of that particular ritual. Was it Bella? Was it Bella tea? I can't remember. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but we we needed a symbolism of blood, I think that's what it was. And yeah. So the, the hibiscus tea was, like... Super Which was another thing, too. I mean, that's a good point to make. We had to use hibiscus tea to, re- to replace blood because not all of us were comfortable yeah. with uh, pricking our finger. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, I mean, I would have been fine doing both because, like, what we did with the hibiscus tea was super cool. I liked it. Because, um, like, as, I think originally we were supposed to probably, like, give it as an offering and, like, drink it or something. But then I was like, this stains. And so I started just, like, painting your face uh-huh. with it. And you just, you just accepted it. I liked it. I liked it. And then like you were that. like, yeah, give me that. And mm-hmm. I like painted my face with it. And we were just like stained with like this like hibiscus tea. And it, was, it looked like blood stains. It did. It did look like blood, and yeah. And it was, it was great. And, and I think, but, um, you know, when I sort of like went up to the other members, like there was a bit of reluctance that I felt, maybe a bit of like reservation. Well, I that. think, you know what? I think a lot of the time those primal symbols, like the idea of painting oneself with blood, that idea of like that, that almost like that, that warrior, you know, blood is sacred. Blood yeah. is the most, if not one of the, the most powerful liquid as far as magic that we have. It is our, it's, it's the physical representation That's of our That's why life I get force. weird because I prick my finger because check my blood sugar and all. I get weird about the test strips. Like I just put them back in the things. I'm like, I don't want anyone to have yeah. access to that. Uh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. It depends well, we, where I am, you know. <laughs> which things? You think about that stuff. I uh, used to. Yeah. Uh, so there used to be like piles of sand for some reason around around here for some reason like a couple like a year ago, and I would always try to avoid it because I didn't want my foot tracks in the mm-hmm. sand. Because I didn't want somebody to come along um, and take my footprints and my foot tracks, foot track mm-hmm. magic. But anyway, um, you know, I think that, that you know that those primal symbols, this idea of you know the warrior and and that kind of very earth centric, um, ecstatic magic. I think in some ways, too, maybe it was a little intimidating for some in our Perhaps. Comments. Perhaps. Um, but yeah, so I guess what we're getting at here is sometimes sometimes you're, when, when you're creating a coven, you, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Um, I, can't, I mean, I don't have much experience in, say, joining a coven because I never actually joined a coven. I never joined one. No. Um, I've only just done group work with, like, you know, with friends, you know, in an intimate setting or whatever. Um, but I've never joined a coven, so <clears throat> if anyone has experience with that, you know, definitely enlighten us. Yeah, as to what please. what that experience was like, for yeah. sure. But creating a coven, we do have experience with, and I will say that <clears throat> I've definitely learned a lot because it did fail. Like, it failed. Oh, yeah. Um, and it failed pretty hard, which sucks. But thankfully, you know, we still um, were able to maintain our friendship throughout it. And realistically, what we've done is we've disbanded that coven, and we have this new one brewing, Mm -hmm. which is really just an origination of the original idea of the coven that we wanted. Right, right. But when you're creating a coven, you really need to talk to everyone you communication need to, yeah is you need like, to establish from the beginning is this actually an equal group effort like everyone has a say everyone has a part everyone is part in the organization and formation or do you have leaders right do you have a high priest high priestess a magister like yeah you know like are those things that are right you have and, and like and everybody has to agree yes Everybody there has to be in agreement or you don't move forward, mm-hmm. which might seem tedious and a little bit annoying, but at the end of the day, it makes for a better situation yes, overall. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was just our experience with Covens. Um, it, it did fail terribly, but I think we learned a lot from it. 
Now, the other thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, and I've been hearing a lot about um, these, especially with uh, this whole, like, techno-pagan kind of concept, online covens. What do you think about them? Um, I, okay, I, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to say this and just be, make sure I'm not being rude. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think you can actually raise energy to do magic online? No. I don't believe in emoji spells. Um, I don't, uh, no. Uh, I don't believe that you can post a picture or a gif or GIF for you strange people, um, of, like, sage burning and it cleanses anything. I don't believe in that. Um, I believe it trivializes and it demeans real magic, the real work that we do. Witchcraft is sacred. Witchcraft is, in its own right, both profane and holy at the same time. Um, I, I really feel that it's a, a bit childish. I would say that I would tend to agree with your outlook on that. Um, you know, same idea, emoji spells, sending a picture of Sage to someone. If anything, that to me is more like a witch meme. Like, it's cute, anything. like, it's like, cute. It's a cute thing. It's funny. Like, you know, like, oh, oh, Jay, I'm having such a bad day, and then I send you, like, a gif of, like, a, or a gif, excuse me. <laughs> gif, gif of, uh, uh, of, like, burning sage, and I'm like, oh, feel better, BB, you know, yeah. like, it's more, like, cute, like, more, like, sort of, like, meme culture, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that it actually does that. Right. It, it does not do that physical thing. Um, the other thing, though, is that... I am curious. I've never done it, but I am curious if you had like a video group chat, everyone in their respective locations mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Like you're all chanting together. Oh, I mean, and you're getting that audio and you're getting that visual, and you know you do have those physical. Like everyone has sage in front of them physically. Everyone has candles in front of them physically. I do think that. You could do something. I would honestly just say, have a group of your friends, time it right. Mm-hmm. You all start and end at the same time. And without, even without video. video. And if you did that, I, personally, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the same as if we were working in the same room with your friends. If you had the same end goal, mm-hmm. and you all worked a spell at the same time on the same day... It would be the same so thing. So the concept of long-distance online covens, you're not discounting it completely. You're just saying it's just different. Just, just use technology to communicate. Don't use technology to magic. Right. That That's my, my... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with that. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because I've noticed a lot more people being like, oh, I'm trying to get an online coven together. And I'm like, I don't really know... How that works, and I don't want to sound like some ancient, you know, like, like back in my day, you know, <laughs> but we know. met up and did, but at the same time, I mean, it, it is, I feel like 
there's nothing wrong with having an online presence for your for your coven. No, you know, that's because we had a group chat. Every coven generally, yeah, there's some sort of has thing. you know like. I, sometimes I even really respect the covens that still have like those like really simple like you feel like you fell back in time websites. Like GeoCities. Yeah. Website, even yeah. like the modern ones who still have that like there's a um there's a like a, a witch shop that I I, I window shop back because I don't have money because I'm poor but um yeah. I love their herb selection. They're mm-hmm. called Pumpkin in the Cauldron and their website is Straight not fancy. It is. Old as hell, and you want to know some? I absolutely adore it because you want to know some. The 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 product is quality. Right. They sell like all the baneful herbs. They sell. I feel like that's all, a common like, the hallucinogenic That should actually like that. be a topic for another podcast. Is talking about witchy websites. Ooh, that'd be yeah, fun. That'd be fun. I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write that down right now. Witchy websites. Um. So. Yeah, so online covens. Not completely invalid, but I don't really... I don't have a lot of experience with them, and I don't... I almost feel like Tumblr gives me a lot of experience accidentally. I guess? (laughs) I mean, not actually in... in Okay, but like... Okay, but here's here's my thing, though, right? Hmm? I don't believe in, like, emoji fucking spells and sigils and shit. But you can, I do think that, like, you know, like, those, like, that, what's it called, ASC, uh, whatever it is, like, text document stuff where you can craft sigils and symbols out of characters. Like, you can craft pictures out of Oh, using, like, little... Yeah, I do think that has some validity, especially if you you, print it out. Yeah, and you, and you... And you did the work to open it up as, like, a sigil or empowered it. Yeah. Well, open it up as a seal or empowered it as a sigil. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think there, there is some I like the sound that. of that. And but keeping that's like, it as a file, like, on your computer. Like, you know, I, I'm not entirely against... Because, like, no, it's not like... Like, if you do, like, a protective thing, like, to protect your information or something like that, I don't think that would be... I don't think that's invalid... Uh, okay, I get that. But it's also, it's just like, okay, I'm sick, and I'm doing healing magic to make myself better, but I'm also taking my medicine. So, like, I'm protecting my computer with this protective whatever. But I also have my... But I also have an antivirus program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something like that. I mean, like, okay, so this is probably as far as I generally go with technology mixing with my magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a prosperity sigil as my background on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because I believe that, like, prosperitous magic is radiating into the interwebs or whatever, but for me, it's a, a sigilic system in which, as I see the symbol, I'm... It's the visual representation bring, of it. You know, inadvertently casting sort of like a spell to And you often prosperity. look at that particular... You yeah. often look at your laptop screen, so it's always there. Right. So that that's, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to deviate too far into, like, techno-paganism, no, because I feel like we could do a whole, probably, episode Which we on should. That. Which we should. Um, so, yeah, online covens. If any if any of you are in an online coven, were in an online coven, we would love to hear more about that, mm-hmm. um, because I know we, we are a little biased in terms of us really feeling like it actually works, or however, um, we're a little 
eh about it, but we're not trying to like offend anyone. We just we just really want to know because we really don't have any experience yeah. with yeah. that. And we're fortunate enough to actually be able to get together and physically meet other witches, you mm-hmm. know. So we we do have that advantage. So I feel like online covens often pop up when it's harder for people to physically get together. Mm. So I feel like that's kind of where they come from. Um, and then kind of like the last thing that I wanted to kind of um, touch on is um, being being a queer person and getting into coven work or group work. So I guess what I'm getting at with this is there is definitely a gender binary in place in Wicca, for mm. sure. Of course, yeah. Um, a lot of people that practice general witchcraft also imply that same gender binary in whatever their tradition or path is. Yeah. So as a queer person that is looking to uh, join a coven, um, that's, that's often something to keep in mind because... Um, you, you have to be very mindful of the roles that that coven might expect you to fill. Yeah. So, for example, um, like if, if me and you were to join a coven that very much employed that idea of the gender binary, you know, it's it really comes down to a question of, like, like you work really well with feminine energy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you, you work incredibly well. But you would more than likely be expected to... Like represent that right. that male. There, there male. is there is an entire group of people right now who would completely disagree with the statement you just said about me. How I work very well with feminine energy. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're 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 a traditional uh, Alexandrian coven mm-hmm. here in the states, and uh, they would disagree completely. But so because I mean, it is, because you are male, that you only identify right. with male energy. Mm-hmm. Despite everything that you've done in your So, like, the, the, like, you know, like, they would completely disagree with Francis, like, with Gede Parma and his idea of a man embodying the goddess, etc. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. They completely disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And they're obnoxiously overly vocal about their disagreeing. But. So, that's something to keep in mind um, as a queer person if you are looking to get into coven or group practice is to be mindful of that you know, I mean, those roles. Because, I mean, I guess, like, if I were to go and join that Alexandrian coven, like, even though I say I identify as a trans man, I guess they would say, well, you're relegated to this... Man, probably. Believe it or not. They'd probably relegate... They would, they would accept you... Yeah. ...as a man, but you would be... I think you might... Yeah. I Okay, I see what I'm saying now. My mind was going off somewhere. Um, so, so like trans people. I think, yeah, trans people are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I but think it's that, just whatever you identify as is what you have to work with, right? Okay. So, like, I think it would like it, as far as an Alexandria cover would be hard for like a gender nonconforming, right? They would find because like if they woke up one day and were like, "I'm feeling rather masculine today. I'm feeling boyish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my boy clothes on." Um, yeah. And then the next day they decide, "No, oh, I'm feeling feminine. I want to yeah. put, you know." whatever, that would probably be difficult. Right. But from my experience, most Alexandrian covens are <laughs> not Zee Budapest, who is incredibly transphobic. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
<laughs> um, so it's not like that, you know. This... Z Budapest. I'm going to get that tattooed on uh, some part of my body. <laughs> so it's not like Bionic Wicca that doesn't accept trans. That's the other thing to keep in mind of. There are traditions out there. Like, you just have to be really mindful. You have to do your homework on the coven that you're trying to join. You know, definitely look at the age groups. You know, where where are these people coming from? As much as I hate to say it, try and delve into their political leanings. You know, because that, it is very telling of a person and their craft. I mean, I would find it very hard to believe that... A person who is like a diehard Trump supporter is like open to I don't know like men drawing down the moon or whatever. Yeah. I would find that very hard to believe. If it's out there, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I would find that very hard to believe. Yeah. So, um, just do your homework on the coven that you're trying to join, or it's what I've also seen a lot of queer people come together and form their own coven. Which was our original coven. Yeah. All of us were queer in some aspect. Yeah. 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 Which is going to be different because the person that I want to introduce you to is not. He's actually getting married married uh, in November okay. to his soon-to-be wife. So, you know, it'll definitely be a different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I think that kind of, like, wraps up. It does. It does. I hope you guys like this kind of very brain dump, say whatever. It's a little less scripted. Not script. Not that we script, but a little less organized, I guess. Um, I hope you guys liked it. I actually enjoyed it once I got my 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 water legs or whatever. Your thoughts going? Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys uh, stay tuned for more. Mm Bye. Bye. Hello everyone, Scott here. I have been reading tarot for over 10 years. I am an intuitive reader, and through my readings I try to give guidance to aid my clients in navigating their lives. To schedule a reading with me, you can find me on Facebook at Witchwise Seer and Witch. You can also find me over on Instagram and Tumblr with the handle Witchwise, spelled W-Y-T-C-H-W-Y-S-E. You can find links to all of my social media in the show notes. I hope to hear from you.